Hey guys, welcome to the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. This show is for virtual bookkeepers who are starting, growing, and scaling online bookkeeping businesses. I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and see what we're talking about in today's episode. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. We're continuing our spotlight series on our incubator clients, and this week the spotlight is on Alita Hall of AMH Bookkeeping. The incubator is a coaching container where I help emerging virtual bookkeepers develop their business strategy and their marketing plans, design their long-term goals for scaling, and overcome the mindset obstacles that comes with being on the journey to a successful bookkeeper CEO. Alita is another one of our founding members, and we worked together as a coach, coachee, for a short while before she actually joined the founding member cohort. So Alita and I have been in the same orbit for a little over a year now. During this episode, we're talking about how Alita went from working with your typical landlords and real estate businesses to narrowing her niche even further to focus on property owners in the short-term rental space. We also talk about how she serves clients better by offering thorough diagnostic reviews before she writes a proposal and how she gets paid to do it. Before we wrap the episode, we talk about what she's gained from being a part of the founding member cohort of Bookkeeper Evolution, the Incubator, and why she wants you to join her and our other members in the program. We had such a great conversation, and I know you'll enjoy listening to this week's Spotlight episode with Alita. Let's go take a listen. Hey, Alita, how are you? I am great, Kimberly. How are you? I am doing good. I am doing good. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. Oh, I'm honored to be here. I'm so honored. I'm honored to have you talk to me, girl. I really am. So um, now I know that we did a brief introduction uh, in the pre-roll, but I want, before we get into this good conversation, I want you to take a moment and just share in your own words who you are, what you do, who you serve, all of that good stuff. Tell our audience all about Alita Hall. Well, hey, y'all listening. It's your girl, Alita Hall here owner of AMH Bookkeeping LLC. I am a boutique virtual bookkeeping firm that specializes in long-term and short-term rentals. And I am just your run-of-the-mill bookkeeper. Like, I love what I do. This ain't no, this is not one of those placating statements. I live this stuff. Um, I've been in accounting field for almost 20 years, so kind of know a little bit about a little bit. (laughs) And I'm so excited to be here. One fun fact y'all should know about me, though. I'm a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, big time. Haven't missed a movie, haven't missed a series. Like, I'm all in, hardcore all in. So just know that. So if y'all Marvel fans are out there, hit a girl up. Let's talk. I love that. And it just, it reminds me of these conversations that I have with my son all the time. I'm just like, okay, now is he, is that DC or is that Marvel? And he gets, he's like so exasperated with me. Like you're just supposed to know yes, the difference between DC and Marvel. Like, I think The Rock has a new movie coming out soon as of the date of this, like time of this recording. I saw like The Rock is doing something and I'm like, now is that Marvel? And he was like, no, mom, it's DC. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, like how was I supposed to know, right? So I think that's cool though. You got to know him. Like it's just, it's a thing. It's a thing with us Marvel fans. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely a part of the. Is it the Marvel universe or something? The Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then there's the comic universe, and the Marvel Cinematic and comic universe. We we don't really like each other. Okay. Okay. It's like it's, it's a rivalry. That's, but that's, that's a whole that's other not conversation. My thing, but. Listen, y'all gonna get this. Y'all gonna get this. Uh, th- this good information, even if it has nothing to do with bookkeeping on this podcast, right? Because we keep it real. <laughs> Wait, that whole comic real. rivalry thing—that's a whole other conversation. So I love that you said you are a boutique bookkeeping business owner. I love that. I love that. So what is that? Sh- share with our audience what that means. For me, it means that we like to keep it small. I love to focus on my clients first. And I feel like if I keep my my firm small, my numbers small, I can give them that personal level of connection that they're looking for. Someone they can really start to make deeper connection with, someone they can trust. And because I'm at a CEO level position in my business, I want them to feel like if they really do have a problem with bookkeepers, they can come to me. Sometimes in big business, CEOs are completely unapproachable, and I do not want that to be the recourse for my clients in my business. So boutique just allows us to keep it small and intimate. I love it. So really like quality over quantity. Yes. Right. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you... Uh, stifle your revenue. No, right. No, absolutely it not. has, it actually is the opposite, right? Yes. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. We won't go too deep into uh, revenue and profit or, any, or anything, but we'll talk about some of the things that you've done, some of the strategies that you've employed that really help take you down that path to building out the type of firm, the type of agency that works best for you and your clients, right? And so first I want to talk about how we actually connected and how we met talking, speaking, you know, of like deeper connections, right? How did you actually find the Bookkeeper Base Camp? And I know that you've said to me in the past that it has become like your tribe, right? Like your people, How did you find us? And yeah, tell us all the goods on that. So I saw an ad for Bookkeeping Rockstar Quiz and I was like, hold on. Somebody's talking about bookkeepers as rock stars. Never saw that. Because we are. (laughs) And and exactly. But in all the in all the 20 plus years that I've been doing this, never has anyone ever said, oh, you're a rock star as a bookkeeper. So I said, I have to find out what this is. So I went and I took the quiz and I'm like, there's a Facebook group, gotta go. So I've been in the groups for, oh my goodness, I think we're coming on two years now. I've been a member of the group. Yeah, I think I joined around our, October. One of October. our very early adopters, absolutely. Like October, 2020. So I was like, oh yeah. So it has just been a complete whirlwind of fun. And I had been in so many other Facebook groups for bookkeepers, accountants, tax people, and they all have been very condescending, very clicky, very, um, well, if you don't know this, I can't help you unless you pay me type of thing. And it's general information. Like if I'm asking you what software that is, you can't make me pay you to tell me what software that is kind of a thing. And I was literally getting people to tell me that. So it's like, there's gotta be a better way. So when I got, when I found Bookkeeper Basecamp, 
And I started listening to the things that you were doing and saying, I'm like, this is where I need to be. So I immediately left all those other ones because I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm getting the community and the information that I need from someone who's done this before. Like I'm not a novice to the technical side of bookkeeping, but to change my technical know-how and to becoming and growing a business and a brand that is something that was out of my wheelhouse and you and your group has helped kind of well kick the baby out the nest I love it I love it yeah that definitely is what we're all about right so you know you guys have heard me say this before on the podcast and if you're in the community you've heard me say Our focus, while we understand the importance of the fundamentals and the competencies and skills, right, but that's not really what we focus on in terms of our content, in terms of what we uh, teach in our coaching programs. We really talk about uh, a different level of like perspective, like changing, uh, creating progressive like perspectives for bookkeepers. Because like you said, even with something like the Revenue Rockstar Quiz, it wasn't something that you were hearing people use when they were talking about money pros, bookkeepers or whatever. Like we were the forgotten, like the, 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 the black sheep, I guess, of the industry, right? Uh, the forgotten few um, in the industry when the truth is, it's my firm belief that we are the foundation of, of this space. If it weren't for strong, fundamentally capable, uh, competent, mastery level, right, folks in accounting and finance, a lot of the other folks, the tax pros, the CPAs, the strategists, the you know advisors couldn't do what they do if it weren't for you know a really strong bookkeeper. And so that's just my belief. And I love me some good bookkeepers. I love talking to my people. And that's why I wanted to create the community. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming in and being, you know, supportive of the community, seeing the vision, like grasping a hold to it, and just really like coming along with us and and helping to grow the group. I know you share the group. Um, I've seen your post. I've seen you talk about it. And so I just want to tell you that uh, I appreciate that. So, um, and I think we've got a good thing going. And it's sort of like you said, it's sort of like you said about your business, right? It's like a boutique community. It's not huge. It's not 20,000 people strong, but it is one of the, when I look at kind of the insights, of of the groups like you know how when you join a group it tells you how many posts you they've had in the last week or whatever when you look at that and I compare it to what we're doing in the bookkeeper base camp group it's like a night and day difference right so we are so focused on engagement quality engagement Uh, we do things to help people you know make it easier for them to contribute to the community we want people to get something out of it it's a place that I want people to feel really comfortable in and feel like let me go find out what's happening in base camp because I know I missed something this week if I didn't go. If I didn't that's, go. that's my very thought process. Like I check that I check the group feed, like I do the newspaper. Like I know Kim posted something today. Let me go see. Or somebody's commenting something, or somebody found an article and they sharing. I have to go be in there and see what's going on. Because yeah. for me, bookkeeper base camp was a lifeline while I was drowning out in the ocean by myself. Yeah. It really and, was. That just really does my heart good because that was the whole, that was the sole purpose of the group because I know how lonely it can be on the climb to 
um, to the top, right? And so it doesn't have to be though, right? I know that we can create, especially like in times like the pandemic, when we were all stuck, it was really hard to connect with people. And so having a community like Bookkeeper Basecamp, I think is so, so helpful. And because people are so genuine and the, the contributions to the community, it's quality content. It's not just, um, it's not like you said, you know, like clickish or anything like that because we ain't having that, no, right? No, um, <laughs> and we are here to help everybody. Everybody's voice is is important and strong. And um and we don't we we don't take no foolishness and so I just and we I have fun it. in there too and like, we do we have a good time in there like we like the laughs are flowing the jokes are out there like that's one of the, another one of the things that I love about Basecamp is it's fun to be in there it's not yeah. like one of those oh we take ourselves so seriously professional types yeah. <laughs> like no we we're not doing all of that exactly. like we, we have to let our proverbial hair down to be like y'all know something you know like, exactly exactly if safe, you don't know you better get in here get in here right. get, in, get in here right it's a safe place for us to be us but be professional too we get Absolutely. to mel meld those two together and i think you have done a beautiful job of cultivating that thank space you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So now let's switch gears and talk an about another platform that I know you've been spending some time on in the last year. Um, and I'll let you share the story, but talk to me about what it was like to and how you got comfortable from the normal like Facebook and Instagram and moved into uh, the like audio space and started doing more um, connecting on Clubhouse. Talk to me about that, what that experience has been, because I know that that has really um, done wonders for helping you build your visibility and build your brand. Okay, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta preface this story by saying, y'all, I used to be adamantly against Clubhouse so much so that I literally was hiding and reporting every time there was a clubhouse mentioned on my newsfeed. Why? Because I hate you reporting folks. Are... Yes, I was. I was reporting folks. I do not like things that are exclusive mm -hmm. because something that can help all people of any kind stay connected when we are in a heavy situation where we are being disconnected from each other should never be exclusive, number one. And number two, what difference does a platform make? Mm -hmm. Just say you're not, you don't have capable people to help you with Android. Just say that. So when you talk about exclusivity in the beginning, Clubhouse was only available to iPhone those users. of us who happen to have iOS devices, right? So yes, and for Apple, I am team Apple all day. Yes, you are, and I'm <laughs> team Android all day, but let, let's make things clear. Android still holds the larger share of the market, which is why I don't understand why they so did much go better. better. We just going to say that. We just going to say that and leave nope, it. <laughs> because there are Apple users who are like, I can't wait to go back to my Android. I'm just I'll, saying. I've never met one, but okay, I will. There's a whole group dedicated to them. A whole okay. group. Okay. They're like okay. they they they're not loving the Apple. So you so, didn't love the fact that Clubhouse was only available to Apple. Yes, and it's just like, and then it was invite only. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and <laughs> I felt like we were back, you know, in the 20s, 30s 
country club type situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did not like the feelings that it was bringing up in me. And mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one because I've had conversations with other people who felt the same. Okay. And they were iPhone users. So it wasn't even an Android thing. They were iPhone users who felt that way. Mm-hmm. So long story short, the reason why I got on the platform anyway is because this woman over here who is on this <laughs> podcast with me was giving such great information on the platform. And I did not want to miss a single moment because trust when I tell you, she's dropping gems all over the place. Y'all better pick them up. <laughs> so... <laughs> I got on the platform, immediately joined her club first. And I think you brought me, you tried to bring me on stage that very first day I was there. Absolutely. Like, if you go come, let's do it. And I was like, nope. (laughs) 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 Nope. I'm just listening because I was new to the platform, had no idea how it worked, what to do or anything. So I wanted to just listen. So I think I just listened that first time. The second time I was on it, I was on stage, I was engaging. And after that, I was hooked. That's all it took was the one time to get past the fear of doing the thing and just do the same. Say that again. Say that again. (laughs) I had to get past the fear of doing the same and just do the same. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I got on the stage. I'm interacting with other bookkeepers in Kim's group. And lo and behold, I am. Other people are coming into the space and they're hearing me speak and they're asking me to come to their rooms to speak. You have such a great passion for this. You sound like you're a pastor in the pulpit and you're preaching. So now I am on Clubhouse. I've got followers. I have my own club. I found my largest client on Clubhouse. Um, I engage with people who are in my target audience every day. And it's all because I got past the fear of doing the thing and I did the thing. Yeah. And because Clubhouse opened itself up to Android users finally. Yes. And so I don't think I think it was six months after they had released that that I got. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, from there to in their defense. Right. Like it it was it, it came across across as exclusionary. But what they were doing was trying to build a platform out. And they didn't have the they didn't have the bandwidth. They didn't have the people, the support staff. To build on both Android and Apple, or at least that's what the message was. And so they chose to build Apple out first. I guess it was easier with the the API or whatever um, than it was for Android. And then finally, uh, back, I think at the beginning of 2021 or something like that, maybe. Yeah, late started rolling it out. Yeah, they started rolling it out to Android. And so and I was actually happy because the 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 platform exploded again in mm-hmm. terms of numbers and stuff like that. And so there were just that many more people that you had to talk to, right? And so funny enough is as you were building your brand on Clubhouse, I started going through kind of the the things that um and I've talked about it in an episode, so I'll just mention it briefly, but I started going through some personal things, right? Um, and it, with with my family and my loved ones. And so I had to make the decision to move away from other platforms and just solely focus on building my Facebook group. And so while I still have the clubs that I created on Clubhouse, I'm not there that much. The plan is to get back to doing to, to doing more Clubhouse rooms again and make probably 2023. But um, it is a phenomenal platform. And I love oh, yes. that you said that you found one of your largest clients there. And I think that that's a great segue because I know that when you and I initially connected, you were working with clients primarily in the real estate space, landlords specifically, right? So yes. multi-unit 
um, dwellings and that sort of thing, or single or single family dwellings. Single, and uh, dwellings. single family and multi, yeah. And then one of the things we talked about, and when I was, you know, encouraging you lovingly yes. to, to to consider Clubhouse, it was because I felt like there was a um, a micro niche out there, right? That you should tap into, that that you could, and that that I thought was a great micro niche for you. And it just made sense. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about going from this larger, serving this larger industry to really finding a a much smaller industry, but lucrative in so many ways. And it happened to be on Clubhouse, but talk more, talk, share more with our audience about what that journey was like for you. Okay. So like she said, she was, um, lovingly encouraging me to kind of just branch out but not too far away from my niche um because landlords as a group it's really really hard to get in with this group um because they are very very tight-knit and it's all about who you know inside this group so she gave me you know an idea of an opportunity to where I can kind of slip under the radar with short-term rentals now I have been familiar with Airbnb um, just because of Airbnb, they are like the largest kind of booking site for short-term rentals. So I had no idea that there was a market for bookkeeping in that niche until I started to do the research as Kim suggested. And when I did, I was like, hmm, there's 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 not much difference. There's quite a bit of crossover, except for I don't have to handle tenants, which is great because that, that in itself is a whole job. Mm-hmm. So... I was like, okay, let's, let's just, let's go ahead and just dive right in. So I just kind of like cannonballed into the pool of short-term rentals. And I was on in a clubhouse room. I'd asked to be um, a guest on the panel of a room of a wealth round table. Mm -hmm. And so there was attorneys there and tax people and real estate people and credit building people. And so one of the real estate uh, uh, attendees speakers was someone who was in short-term rentals. And he and I were in conversation, kind of engaging back and forth across the stage. It kind of took over the conversation a little bit. We didn't really mean to. But he had DM'd the um, moderator of the room. And he's like, hey, I need a bookkeeper. And I know I want to work with her. Can you make that connection? And she did. So he scheduled a meeting with me. And we got on a call. And he's like, "I whatever it is, just send me your proposal. Mm-hmm. Let me know how much it costs. So I did. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, for me at the time, it was the most riskiest, mm-hmm. largest proposal I'd ever sent. Mm-hmm. But I was confident I knew I had this. And it wasn't just because he was enamored with, you know, my passion, the way I was speaking. It's because I had enough understanding of his industry and of his needs in the conversation that we had to give him this proposal. And when he said yes to this proposal, I think my heart leapt out of my chest like a cartoon character. Like, I, just, <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. You ever seen the mask and like he's standing up watching that girl and his heart's coming out of his chest? That's what it's what what it felt like. It. And I couldn't wait to tell you. I was so excited. I'm like, I have to tell Kim. You were the first person I wanted to tell because you had encouraged me to not only start this journey, but you know, you helped ta- help me tap into the confidence I thought I lost. 
I love it. And I needed that confidence. Then I had it to go into creating this proposal, to go into the initial call in the first place. And then again, when I negotiated his rate at a $400 higher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I... I got goosebumps. Sorry, y'all. Like this is all because you all because you stepped out of your comfort zone, right? And I, I I got over the fear of doing this thing. Let me give you guys a little tip. If you never get anything else from me by listening to this podcast, most of the time when we are afraid of something, we are afraid of thinking of doing the same, not actually doing the same. It's the thought of doing the thing that scares us. Mm-hmm. When we do the thing, we realize that wasn't scary. It's the thought. Don't let that thought stop you. It was, it's all the mind trash. It's all it's the all, garbage that goes on up here, right? It's all of this crud that, that just, and it and it's not all bad crud. It stems from probably a bunch of stuff you've probably heard all mm-hmm. your life when you're trying to do something new, when you're excited and somebody made you feel like you shouldn't be, mm-hmm. it's usually where it starts, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you can unlearn that. So absolutely. It's that it's, it's normal, right? It's a natural human tendency. We all have this fight or flight mechanism yeah. that's built into us through, you know, ancestral and historical um, experiences that we've had. And then our own, you know, experience, personal lived experiences. And it's, it's natural, but it's, I love that you say, you know, face the fear and do it anyway. I remember after Susan hearing, Jeffers, she right? Like I remember hearing, um, I think it was Lisa Nichols back way back, probably 10, 12 years ago. Oh, she's now awesome I went to one of her, I went to one of her events and um, I think it was called speaking right to make millions or something at the time. But um, she was talking about getting up on space on stage and speaking in front of people and the 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 phrase that she would use all the time to to face your fear is if you have to do it knees knocking teeth chattering you do it anyway you do it anyway you face that fear and you you get through it because like you said the first time you get through it you realize that wasn't as bad as i thought mm-hmm. it might be right and so that's awesome that that is absolutely great and so i know you've talked we've talked about how you know, the conversations that you and I've had and and in full transparency, you know, let's go ahead and just share with the audience. You are one of our, um, one of our founding members in the Bookkeeper Evolution uh, Incubator Program that we have, which which is a hybrid group coaching and training program for bookkeepers who are um, launching, growing, and scaling their businesses beyond the six-figure mark, right? And so really helping bookkeepers to evolve their way of thinking, face challenges head on and and just really think differently about growing a business in this space, right? Growing a business that that offers the services of bookkeeping, right? Versus, hey, I've got this skill. I might as well go out and make it available to people to really uh, go beyond that level of thinking and recognizing that bookkeeping as a service is a business and you as the owner of that business, you as the CEO of that business can drive success, drive revenue, drive profitability, build a team, create opportunities for people that they didn't have before. And so that's the goal of of, of that particular program. And you happen to be one of our founding members. And so I want to talk a little bit about your experience going through that program. And so the first question, 
and we've kind of alluded to this to some to some degree, but I want us to talk a little bit about how the program in particular has helped you build your confidence as a professional bookkeeper, as a virtual bookkeeper, as a bookkeeper CEO in the making. Uh, so proud, proud founding member here. I wear that like a badge. I just got to tell y'all that like this program was on my Christmas list. Like I told Kim. It was, that's right. I remember you used to say that. (laughs) I told Kim I put her on my Christmas list and she thought I was only kidding. I was for real, for real serious. So this being able to join first off was a huge moment for me because it let me know that I had leveled up in my business in a way that allowed me to not only invest in myself, but invest in my business. Um, and number two, just listening to the framework training and the, the one-on-one coaching calls that we have and the way that you structure these exercises. So not as to, you know, teach us how to do the thing, but have us tap into our own knowledge and have us solve problems. Mm-hmm. That is a different approach because number one, she comes with the real. I'm gonna tell y'all, she comes with the real, real. She's not gonna, she's not gonna play games and be, oh, gentle nurse with you. Sometimes if you need a hard hit, she'll give you one, but it's still be given in love. Mm-hmm. Always that. But how she helped me tap into my own confidence is she, she essentially held up a mirror to me when she shared the things that she was going through in her business and how she handled them and how it made her feel in the moment before she was able to handle them. And sometimes just that is enough to let you know you're not alone in this and there is a way through because sometimes our confidence takes our confidence takes a hit because we can't always see the way through. Right. And, and you so when think you, that you're alone, that you're by yourself. Nobody yes. else has ever experienced this thing. Right. And it is a terrible feeling to know mm-hmm. that you kind of hit your back up against the proverbial wall and you don't know what to do. So when she held up this mirror to me, I saw myself, but not the self I think in here. I saw myself the way others have been telling me they see me for years. I saw me the way others have been saying, oh, you are so smart. You are so intelligent. You are so versatile. You are so adaptable. How did you do that? You are so kind and giving. And you, you can you can find a way through a compromise for everyone. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? I was able to see that person and all she did was hold up a mirror. That's how she did it. Girl, you're going to listen. Don't make me cry on this skull. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's, that's <laughs> how she did it. She, she just shared. She just gave us a peek into what her life was like. And most coaches have not experienced the things that she's experienced the things that we as bookkeepers go through so they can't talk to us at that level like that and we when you're a coach you have to be able to get a person at their level where they are so she met me where I was at said girl listen (laughs) I see you but I need you to see you so hold on let me go get this mirror I remember that I specifically remember that conversation and And that's that's the good thing about having a coach who has really walk that walk mm-hmm. right before. And like you said, experience, experience a lot of the challenges that you've experienced or that you're currently experiencing and that understands the jargon, right? Can speak the language, right? Because a lot of the times when we get with business coaches that aren't specifically trained in accounting, finance, bookkeeping, 
they don't necessarily understand what it's like, what the the day-to-day is like for someone in this space, right? And so having a coach that has not only been there and done that, got the t-shirt and the hat, right? It helps. It, it really, really does help, right? It really, and then really someone does. Who understands how to um, see into people things that they may or may not see for themselves and help them walk through it and, and see their pathway forward um, is something that um, I'm really happy that has been a strength of mine and, and a gift that um, that I've been given to share with the world. And so thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. How has the program, how's the program? Because that's that's great, right? Like, that's great. Sometimes it's not tangible for folks though, right? So let's just keep that real. So let's talk about the tangible. Let's talk about the tangible. How has the Bookkeeper Evolution Incubator Program helped your top line sales? Oh, okay. So we also go through exercises like roll calls, like we role play roll calls. And we will do um, initial conversations. Um, she has helped me. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I got stories. So, okay, the the role play calls are just great. Just know that because we've gone from initial conversation to having to have a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. um, to having, you know, we've had conversations, just her and I one-on-one to where I've had to negotiate prices for things. And to give you an example of one of those, I want to talk about the diagnostic review. It's the most current and it's the one that sticks out the most in my mind. Um, for those of you who are listening who may not be you know, familiar with a diagnostic review, it's just going into a client's file, taking a look at what's wrong, taking notes, um, jotting down what I would uniquely do to, to fix the problem. Of course, client doesn't see that. They just see what's wrong. Here's the proposed solution in this package I'm offering you. That's what they see. Now, I had a very large client looking for a very, very specific set of services. He needed a top to bottom complete accounting department overall. So that was the most in-depth diagnostic review I'd ever done. Mm -hmm. And uh, tangibly speaking, how it has helped my sales. She asked me, what do I think I should be charging for this? I didn't know because I'd never done it before, right? You're in this space. It's new. What do you do? So she made a suggestion. Can I share the suggestion? The, the don't share pricing okay don't well, share let's, pricing let's or anything just say like that. the suggestion she gave me was significantly more than what I was thinking mm-hmm. so I went with it mm-hmm. and they said yes so we talked about the doing the diagnostic review and I remember vividly having the conversation of like kind of walking you through what the steps would look like and um, to to perform a thorough review and what questions to ask and what things to look for as you were doing it, but also how to present it to the potential client. Mm-hmm. And then you presented, we talked about where you felt like the pricing should be because a little bit of insight, we don't do diagnostic reviews. We don't do complimentary diagnostic reviews. No, we do not. Right. And I know so many of you who are listening to this would just think, let me dig into the books and then just give all of this great strategic and financial advice um, and not do charge that. for it. You don't you, do you that. You want to do that and, and give that away as kind of a carrot, but we don't do that. And the incubator members don't, we don't do that, right? No, we charge for diagnostic reviews. And so just even, it, you know, recognizing that 
I believe is huge for so many bookkeepers, right? And so then we talked about how you should, what you should actually price it at. And you took my suggestion, you laid it out there. And the thing that I, I suggested that you do is state the price and shut up. And that's what I did. And stop talking. I, I stated the price. I stopped talking. I let him read through the entire thing. And he was like, okay. And I had him sign that he approved that. I sent him a letter of engagement also, because I don't believe a proposal is a letter of engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a clue for some of you listening. Your proposal is not a contract. Right. Um, and then I actually sent him an ACH authorization form, but he didn't want to sign that, but he sent the money anyway. There we go. There we go. And so where would you say just percentage wise over the last year of you being in the incubator from a growth standpoint, can you maybe speak to like what, like what you've seen, how much growth you've seen revenue wise? Let's see. I'm almost... 50% more in income since I joined. So would you say that your investment in the incubator program has been a worthwhile investment? Oh, absolutely. From a, let's the, talk from an ROI perspective, right? After so, the first month, absolutely. Just because I I was starting to feel like, I, I just want to preface this by saying when you are making mindset changes, which is a lot of things that happen in the coaching program, it all starts with micro shifts that you don't always notice first. Mm-hmm. Other people will notice those micro shifts before you will. And I started noticing it when people started commenting on how are you getting so much more of this in place? How, how are you changing your line of thinking to this? And I was like, okay, that was, that was return on investment number one. Like I was already absorbing and implementing the things in my mind and they were already working the way, their way out in my actions the mm-hmm. first month. Wow. The, the, wow. Second level of, the second level of return on investment is how I was able to pour into other bookkeepers and Mm -hmm. not from a place of here I know how to do this but why do you need it in the first place because maybe you really don't Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. helping them be leaner so they don't have to have so much upfront cost Mm -hmm. so that was the second return on investment my conversation changed Mm -hmm. my third return on investment money hello can we cha-ching registers all day long (laughs) Like it's to the point now where I don't even do free conversations anymore. Right. So, so you move from maybe offering like that review process complimentary to now it's like, no, even to have a quote unquote consul- consultation call, there is some exchange, yes. right? There is some yes. financial exchange to get on my calendar. And so that right there. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there are people that are like, wait a minute now, I can't charge for a consultation. I can't charge for a discovery call. Absolutely. you can. can. And and here's why you can, because there is still going to be valuable information you share with them in a discovery call that may have nothing to do with how or what you'll be doing for them, but they can still find use of it. Mm -hmm. And your time enough is valuable, period, full stop. There you go. There you and go. so when people make a financial investment on your time, they show up 
So you get more people showing up to your calls instead of ghosting you or canceling last minute. Because they have skin in the game, right? Yeah, even if it's, even if it's a nominal amount, right? Like, you know, I'm I'm not suggesting that we charge five grand for a consultation. I'm just not what I'm saying. So even if it's a nominal amount, it is still skin in the game, and that it it elevates you, it elevates your position in their mind. This person is serious. This is a professional here, right? It's like I think about it with um, it, it's really similar to mechanics and um. HVAC folks and plumbers, like they're not coming out to your house to do a diagnostic on your unit for free. Now, what they might do is if you end up doing the work with them, having the work completed through their company, they'll take, they, they may give you something, a percentage off of the original diagnostic or put that total or that total consultation fee towards the cost of repairs or whatever the case may be. But Mm. that just that, that small shift in how we see ourselves and what, what it is that we do can be incredible for folks. Right. And so then your time, like you said, it, you see your time as having value, right? So you're not spending an hour on the phone with someone talking about possibilities and potentials. And you multiply that times 10 or 15 calls a week. And you're like, I, I could have been doing something that was a more money generating activity because maybe you didn't close, you know, enough of those clients for it to make sense. So I love that that has happened for you. But I love that you also said point blank period, full stop, because that's what we are going to do right now. We are yep. going to close out this conversation. Incubators, <laughs> we'll talk forever. <laughs> incubators are like that. And just one more bonus tip for the paid consultations. It it will help you figure out who is serious about looking for help and who is not. You do not have time for tire kickers. That's right. That's right. That's right. With that said, I, I am complete. I love it. I love it. And listen to you using that clubhouse lingo. I am complete. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I, I so oh, appreciate absolutely. you. I, I really, really it. do. This has been a great conversation. So yes, that's it, you guys. I just wanted to wanted to have Alita on to share some things with you about what her what her business has been like, what what has happened in this last year um, with some of the changes that she's implemented in her business um, as a result of the mindset shifts that sh- that have happened for her. I wanted to talk about what it's like moving from one industry and maybe micro niching down. And then I also wanted to wanted her to share a little bit with you about her experience of, of being a part of the incubator program. So if you have questions for me on any of those things, feel free to reach out. We're going to share some links with you in the show notes. Um, we'll make sure to share a link to the Bookkeeper Basecamp uh, Facebook group so we can connect there. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. So With that said, remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable, and we'll see you next time. Ciao for now. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a positive review. This will help other virtual bookkeepers like you find the show and learn how they can become a bookkeeper CEO too. And if you want to hear more from me, be sure to follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels, or you can simply search hashtag Bookkeeper Basecamp. And don't forget, you can always come hang out with us 
over in the free Bookkeeper Basecamp Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. So that's it for this episode. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable, and we'll see you next time.